What a beautiful evening to be standing before you again in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I am told this was a leaders meeting and I declare all of you leaders. There are no followers here. All of you leaders. And this is going to be a serious night. We won't go into lots and lots of details. But the few things we will share as you open your heart, they will not live your life the same. Psalms 105 is a psalm many of you have quoted before or uh, sung about before, but we want to look at it from a different perspective. Psalms 105. I read from verse 1 going down. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Verse 4. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Abraham his servant, ye children of Jacob his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Verse 9. And that is where we really want to zero in this evening. Verse 9. Which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law, and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying unto thee, Will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance? Verse 12. When they were but few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He break the old staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they art with fetus, he was laid in iron until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of his substance. Turn with me also now to Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 1. Therefore, are you there? Ephesians 4 verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, 
and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens, and he might fill all things. Verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Lord, once again, bless your word and use it to change our lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen. I was told tonight, the elders, the deacons, all the leaders of the church, and all the leaders of their respective homes and respective communities are gathering. Is this the gathering or I came to the wrong one? Is this the gathering? So I salute you elders, be saluted in Jesus' name. I salute you deacons, be saluted in Jesus' name. I salute you heads of departments, be saluted in Jesus' name. I salute you, heads and heads of the homes. <laughs> Be saluted in Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, dear God. So can I speak to leaders tonight? Can we speak to leaders? Then can we pray as leaders? There are five things mentioned in Psalms 105. There are five people mentioned in Galatians chapter 5. Psalms 105 talks about a man called Abraham, and there is something mentioned next to him. Psalms 105 talks about a man called Isaac, and there is something mentioned next to it. Psalms 105 talks about a man called Jacob, and there is something next to him. Psalms 105 talks about Israel or the people of Israel. There is something next to it. And then the whole world is being mentioned in Psalms 105. And there is something next to it. Let's look at these five things. Psalms 105 says, if you, if you, if you, if you have not lost it, Psalms 105 says this, verse 9. Covenant he made with who? Abraham. So Abraham opens the, opens the scripture with a covenant. An oath he made with who? With Isaac. That is verse 9. A law he confirmed to who? To Jacob. That is the third man. And to Israel he declared what? An everlasting covenant. That is the fourth thing. Let's look down there. And then there is what I call, we call here in King James Version. And to thee, meaning the rest of the people, there is something called a lot of inheritance. Covenant, oath, the law, everlasting covenant. Then, finally, an inheritance. I want you to listen to me very carefully. There is no institution on this earth that is functioning without a covenant. 
An institution that does not know its covenant is what we call a, an illegal institution. All churches founded by Jesus Christ around the world have a specific and a unique covenant. If the people who are leading there do not know that covenant, they are just doing what we call religious ritual. Every ministry on earth has a specific covenant. And if you say you are a leader in such a ministry and you do not know the covenant you are a part of, my friend, you need to wake up and realize you are mactiming. You are not becoming effective. What was the covenant upon Moses? Let my people go. Nothing else. What was the covenant on, Sam, on, on Joshua? My servant Joshua, I have called you to make them cross over and to give them the inheritance. What was the covenant of the men who came after him called the judges? The covenant was very simple. Defend my people from their enemies, period. What was the covenant upon the life of Saul, the king? The covenant was very simple. Oh, Saul, I want my people now to be settled without any more uncertainty. What was the covenant of, upon David, the man after God's own heart? The covenant was very simple. I want an habitation or a tabernacle unto myself. Every generation has a specific covenant. If the people who call themselves leaders in that generation do not know the covenant, they are doing guesswork. So, good morning, leaders. <laughs> Some people are saying good morning. I will call sleeper. Now, <laughs> what is the covenant in this ministry? We want to look at it and to show you how it relates to your life and how you can activate it even to benefit you. Because no ministry exists just to do activity. Every ministry has a direct command from the Lord Jesus. So what is the ministry and the covenant behind it? Because we want to come to oaths, then you want to come to laws, then you want to come to inheritance. Before you can take your inheritance, you must know your covenant. As a Kenyan, there are, kind, there are benefits you cannot have till you have a covenant called a national identity card. And there are places in this world you cannot travel without a covenant called a passport and a visa on top where applicable. So what is the covenant of this ministry? And you who says you are a leader, we need to pray so that you do not only see this covenant work in this ministry, but also you see it working on your life. Because the Lord is not in the business of building institutions. He considers people more important than institutions. Are you hearing me? The Lord loves people more than institutions. And institutions must know they exist for the people, not the other way around. The covenant of this ministry is very simple. Prepare the church for the entire move of God. Prepare the church for the entire move of God. The day the entire move of God manifests, this church has come now to the manifestation of its covenant. 
And anybody who is part of it must know we are praying, we are praising, we are worshiping, we are preaching, we are giving our money, all so that one day the end time move of God may manifest. But attached to this end time move of God are other simple things. Like the healing of the nations, which is part of the move. Like the feeding of the nations, which is part, still part of the move. But the move is the main thing. But it has a name. It is the end time move. Not the previous move. Why am I telling you this? Because this week, it is do or die. Or you think there's another week. This is the week. <laughs> this week, it is do or die. And this is the do or die. Anything that is not supporting the end time move of God, may the Lord overthrow it. Anyone who is not, over, who is not conforming to the end time move of God, may the Lord deal with them. Any resource needed to activate or to actualize the end time move of God, may the Lord bring it. <laughs> Abraham has a covenant. The covenant is to be a father of the nations. And listen to me, people. Immediately God tells him, you are going to be a father of the nations. Pa! He discovered his wife cannot give birth. Every time God gives a covenant, immediately there will be an immediate challenge that opposes that covenant. Challenges opposing covenants are good because they show that the one who gave the covenant really meant business when he backs it up. The youths in this ministry, if you are a youth and you are here, the men in this ministry, if you are men and you are here, the women in this ministry, if you are women and you are here, listen to me. There is a covenant of this ministry. This thing, let me call it this thing, this ministry must manifest the entire move of God. The money coming must be part of actualizing the entire move of God. The projects being carried out must climax to the entire move of God. The talents and the giftings beginning to erupt among the people must be climaxing to the entire move of God. When you understand that, you will not be vague as far as what God wants. But allow me to get personal with you. This is a personal thing I want to tell you. The same way God has covenants, and a church like this has covenants. Even you as an individual, there are covenants, both positive, positive and negative, you need to know about. There are people still being fought by evil covenants. And I tell you the truth. This week, by the end of this week on Friday, we do not want to see or even smell any evil covenant in your life. How can we be getting ready for the end time move of God and yet the covenant of witchcraft is still working against your life? God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he a son of man that he should repent. When he says it, he will do it. But whatever will oppose him, we will also oppose. Whatever seeks to, you know, frustrate him, we will also frustrate the Lord wants the move to go to the nations. Whatever is contrary to that, we will overthrow it. We will overthrow it at a personal level. We will also overthrow it as a, at an institutional level. How many are going to overthrow covenants?
Which brings me to this other thing I wanted to rub on you about covenants. The covenant God made with Abraham was not a temporary covenant. It was a permanent covenant. God was not saying one thing today, changing his mind tomorrow. Saying one thing today, changing his mind tomorrow. When God spoke it at once, it remained permanent. If you are a leader and you are in this place, if you are a leader and you are listening to me right now, I want you in this week as we are praying, do not, do not, do not forget the little or the big personal covenants the Lord has made with you since you got saved. It is time to remember, Lord, you covenanted with me on this. Why do I bring covenants to leaders? Because covenants are usually ratified by the leaders. It is leaders who ratify covenants. It is leaders who institute covenants. It is leaders who keep covenants going. When I taught about evangelists, I told you one thing. That if there is one person, God will give anything. It is the evangelist. Why? Behind him is a covenant to win souls. And God will do anything for souls. You remember? I told you if he needs a, 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 a jet, God will give him a jet. If he needs a ship, God will give him a ship. If he needs a million dollars, God will give it to him. Why? Behind the evangelist is a covenant of what? Of souls. Behind this church is a covenant for the entire move of God. Whatever God must do to actualize it, this is the week to remind him, Lord, do it. We were working with some leaders, two of them who are watching me now, this week. And we were laughing over a comment, which one of them made. That it is possible for a church to have a building, to have a name, to have chairs like this, to even have screens and all the instruments, but not know its purpose. I am calling you to know the purpose of this church and also to know the purpose for which God has allowed you to be born again. The day Israel forgot that they were the children of Abraham who had a covenant with God, a covenant to be unique people. Trouble began to come on them, and trouble never left. Some troubles will only be lifted off when you know you are covenant. Can I keep rubbing on covenant? Because I like it when something begins in the Bible, you get it right so that the others can now be understood easily. Can I rub a bit on the covenant? And I want you to listen to me. Every man has his own secret before God. What was the secret of Samson? The locks of his head. What was the secret of David? The worship and the praise. Are you hearing me? What was the secret of Joseph? Chastity and integrity. As long as he kept his integrity, Joseph was on his way to the top. And whether you take him to prison, nothing could stop him. He had one password that is called integrity and he kept to it. What was the secret of Noah? Righteousness and favor. Noah was, only, was not only righteous, but he had found favor with God. As a result, you could destroy the whole world with water. Noah could not be touched. 
And let me ask you, my sister, my brother, what is your secret? <laughs> what is your secret? Tell your neighbor, that is why you came tonight. Well, you have your gozi ningumu, sinigumu. Lakini tuendele. I repeat, every man has their secret. When they betray that secret, they begin to be destroyed. When they keep to that secret, no matter their opposition, they will never be destroyed. A covenant is your secret. A covenant is your secret. It is your secret with your God. It is your password with your God. The day you discover your covenant with your God and you keep to it, Heaven may rise and fall. The earth may rise and fall. Hell may collide with the mountains. Nothing will move you. So can I ask generally, what is the secret of this church? The end-time move of God. The end-time move of God. Pray about it, fast about it, preach about it, expect it, and whether you do not do anything else better, you just do that. You just concentrate on expecting the anti-move of God. Whether it is resources, whether it is the instrumentalist, whether it is the you know, intercessors, whether it is whatever you need, even the new building you people are talking about, it will come. When you are honest to your covenant, the covenant will be honest to you. When you are committed to your covenant, your covenant will be committed to you. So this is what you are going to do. Before you say, Lord, what is my covenant? What is my covenant? Begin by first of all saying, Lord, any foreign covenant, known and unknown, in my lineage or in my life, I destroy it. Lord, any covenant in my lineage, known or unknown, that is contrary to your will, I destroy it. I disconnect from it. I gave you a testimony of a girl. I was busy praying for her to be delivered in the year 2013. She was brilliant and just an okay girl from the outside, beautiful and everything. But when I was praying for her, suddenly the spirit said, no, don't touch this one. And I asked, what, why don't I touch this one? This one must dance to me. Why must she dance to you? Because her grandmother, whom she's named after, used to dance for me. She was the one leading the troops as they went to the forest to sing for me. The spirit refused. What was going on? The girl was living under a covenant. And she did not know it. So after that deliverance, I asked her, did you used to go to clubs? Oh my God, I used to take the dance floor and people could just be amazed how much I can dance. She thought she was just a natural dancer. She did not know she was a dancer by covenant. But what covenant was it? Was it godly or demonic? It was demonic. So before you ask the Lord, Lord, show me your covenant, you must say, Lord, any covenant contrary to your will in my life, especially the ones I know or I do not know, I disconnect from them. Will we do that? Thank you. Again, now that you are leaders of your families, there is a covenant that seeks to make you a slave. It seeks to make you serve another. 
you must refuse it. There is a covenant that once you are money to go somewhere, it should not go. There is a covenant that once you are strength to go to a place, it should not go. There is a covenant, leave him. There is a covenant that wants you to, you know, speak things you should not speak. To touch things you should not touch. That covenant, you must refuse it. And what are you going to do? You are going to agree with the Lord. Lord, it is time for me to be a slave to righteousness, not a slave to unrighteousness. My money is going to serve righteousness, not unrighteousness. Why do I insist this on leaders? Because nobody you are leading will go beyond your covenant. Are you hearing me? There is nobody you are leading, whether you are a worship leader or you are an elder or you are a deacon. There is nobody who will go beyond your covenant. So if your covenant is not working, the people under you, they cannot benefit from a covenant that is not working. If your covenant is not producing, the people under you cannot enjoy any fruit. That is why you must tell God, for the sake of the people under me, let the covenant in my life work. For the sake of the people under me, or the people looking up to me, let the covenant of my life begin to produce. And let every other illegal covenant refuse and backfire and depart from me. If the Lord wants you to be the light in your family, and here the devil is, he's putting old you know, demonic covenants on you. You have just to tell the Lord, Lord, I want to manifest your will. I want to manifest your glory. Remove these covenants. And the Lord will do it. So Abraham has a covenant. And with that covenant, a new generation now can start. Are you aware, before spiritual prosperity can manifest, there must be a covenant of prosperity. Are you aware before we can see healing being rampant all over the place, there must be a covenant of healing? Are you aware that before revelation can begin to manifest in your life or through your life, there must be a covenant of revelation? This is a week to tell the Lord, Lord, I am waking up to the covenants you had with me. And nothing is going to block me from manifesting these covenants. But there's another word called an oath. But before I go to the word called oath, allow me to remind you about Abraham. What was Abraham known for? What was Abraham known for? Faith. In the morning, I taught you about faith. And I will tell you this. Nothing activates covenants like faith. Do not can stand here and prophesy and say, the Lord today is raising this number of people. And from today, they are going to rise. Some will just listen and listen. Others will listen and believe. Those who listen and believe, the covenant now will work for them. There is no covenant that is going to work without faith. 
Do not just go to God and say, Lord, you promised me this. You made this covenant. Where is your faith to authenticate that covenant? Abraham was Abraham because of his faith. We are just about to look at Isaac and how he unlocked the oath that God put upon him. Isaac unlocked his oath through what we call surrender. Somebody say surrender. The biggest thing Abraham did that unlocked the covenant in his life was faith. The biggest thing that Isaac did that unlocked the oath, and I'm about to explain what is an oath, that unlocked the oath upon his life was surrender. You remember the story of Mount Moriah? Isaac is told, my son, lie down. And he lies down. Father, I can see the wood, I can see the fire, I can see the, you know, the sword. But where is the lamb? He said, the Lord will provide. Meanwhile, as the Lord is providing, I want you to lie down. <laughs> Abraham must be, have been like Pastor Kimani. You know, Pastor Kimani doesn't argue with you. He gives you strong suggestions. Uh, you know, you are, you are doing this. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, yeah, after that, you are doing this other thing. And you're like, well, Pastor, do we talk about? No, but I, I, I thought you have already done it. <laughs> no, thy pastor. So Abraham tells this guy, the Lord will provide. Meanwhile, as he's providing, can you just uh, lie on top of there? I want to tie you, my son. I want to tie you. Oh, the, the knife, oh. I want to pierce you. And the Bible proves to us, Isaac didn't say a word. After that day, I preached one time, Isaac rose up, but it was not Isaac again who rose up. A son of resurrection rose up. That son had an oath on his life. You touch him, you touch the power that raised him from the dead. Oh, leader who came here this evening to listen to me, hear my voice. The Lord will release a word and all he will want you is to have faith. And that will give you a covenant. But if you want an oath on your life, the Lord will release a test. The Lord will release an opportunity of surrender. If you will take it up, you will not only walk in covenant, now you will walk in an oath. The first oath God gives Abraham is this. Because you have done this thing, this very thing, I promise by myself, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. God was not just promising, God was now swearing. <clears throat> there are people who carry a promise, there are those who carry a swear. <clears throat> because there is a day they touched God in a place, and God said, this one, I swear by myself, this one, I will be handle his business myself. There are covenants, but there are oaths. A covenant is activated by faith. An oath is activated by surrender. 
So Isaac begins to walk from that place of Moriah. As he's walking, the angel of life and death was walking behind him. You Philistine, come and block his wall, his wells. Eh? Come and block his wells when he's digging. The Lord behind him will deal with you. You people who think you can come against him because he's a stranger among you, the Lord will deal with you. Isaac became the most dangerous human being during his generation. Today, there is a higher place God wants to take us. He wants to take us from the place of being blessed and to take us to the place of being dangerous. Elder, imagine in your family, you stand there and demons fear that if we touch that one, we are playing with the danger because there is an oath on his life. We had a chance to test him if he will give his 10,000. We had a chance to test him if he will give his only 100 shillings. We had a chance to test him if he will be the only one who will kneel, though others are not kneeling. We had a chance to test him if he will give up on his car. We had a chance to test him if he will give up on his food. And we tested him and he walked out as Isaac walked. As a result, he does not just carry a blessing, he carries an oath. And I've met men, I've met women who are carrying oaths. And I begged God not to allow me to touch them. Because you touch a man with an oath, you are touching the sword that he survived. Why is the devil playing with the families, some of which you came from? Why is the devil playing with the business, some of which you run? Why is the devil playing with the ministry, some of which you conduct? It is because there was a day to surrender. And you did not know there is a power in surrender called an oath. So day one, we are going to tell the Lord, Lord, we are demolishing every legal covenant and raising the only covenant you have made with us as a church and as individuals. Day two, we are telling the Lord, we are raising up in a new oath. Lord, we want to be dangerous. We want our health to be dangerous. We want our finances to be dangerous. We want our children to be dangerous. Mama Florence, imagine I have a plan to catch to preach all over the world. Then some stupid devil want to come and make my child sick. Imagine, pastor, you have all this construction progress to do, eh? To come and inspect. Oh, you have done the foundation. How many sitter? 20,000 sitter. Whatever sitter you want to build. Then a demon comes and touches your back. So you cannot wake up out of bed. Are you hearing me? When we surrender to our calling. When we surrender to our assignment. When we surrender to the voice of God. When we surrender to the call of duty. This is what we do to ourselves. We take an oath from the throne, and we walk with the oath. <laughs> I wish I had children tonight, my God. Touch, I release faith. Touch, I release the covenant. Touch, I release the oath. The oath of my God will follow you. Next time my wife will run, I'll lay hands on her, on her womb. Oh, Shanda. There are levels of covenant. There are levels of oath. Where you are so dangerous, hell will be so stupid to joke with you. 
Your children become so dangerous. Hell becomes stupid to deal with them. On the head of Solomon is one assignment. Build the temple and build it good. Then there are people who came to stop him. Like the one we read about in Jeroboam. There are people who came to, to stop him. There are people who came to frustrate him. The Lord Jesus did not allow Solomon to go to any battle to fight them. He took care of them. There are things we are going to remove from our path by oath. Not by prayer. By oath. Lord, because I have surrendered, take care of this. And you'll see it happening like flash, like lightning. Lord, because now I do not want to fool around with my time. I want to be on assignment. I want to be on the path even to change the world. Lord, take care of that. The Lord will take care of it. Abraham had faith. As a result, he had a covenant. Isaac had surrender. As a result, he had an oath. I wish we had like four hours. My God, I will take the blood of Jesus and oath all of you. Kiapo, 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 kiapo. But thank God we are Friday. I don't know how the Holy Ghost is going to arrange that program, but it is going to be fireworks. It is going to be fireworks. There are some stupid things the devil has been trying to do on this ministry after Friday. After Friday, with the finger of God, it will be over. It will be over. <clears throat> there are some stupid things the devil has been doing on your health, doing on your children. After Friday, even before Friday, depending on your faith, it will be over. How can God tell us to be going forwards and there is something convincing us to go backwards? <laughs> no, the problem with Joshua he was a warrior. And the Lord told me to make my name Joshua. My God, I'm a warrior. Lord, I can fight. The covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac. Verse 10. And confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law. Another word for a law is civilization. Through faith, Abraham got a covenant. Through surrender, Isaac got an oath through brokenness. Jacob got a civilization. Because there is no civilization without laws. We are in the 21st century in the information age because there are laws that were not there in the 20th century that we now have now. And in the 20th century, there were laws that were there that were not in the 19th century. Civilizations are a product of laws. When Jacob was broken, and one time I preached on it here, the Bible says he broke the angels with his tears. He begged him and he broke down and he wept and he begged and the angel told him, my servant, my man, you have fought with me and you have overcome. What do I do? 
I want you to bless me. Now, the man saying, I want to be blessed, remember, he has two wives and two concubines. He has 12 sons and uh, daughters counting. He has sheep, he has cattle, he has all manner of, of, of goods. Why did he say, I want you to bless me? Do you know why? Because from that day, Jacob became a nation. His children became tribes. In short, Jacob achieved a new civilization none of the people before him had ever achieved. There are things you are going to see because now you are not just in a covenant, you are not just in an oath, you are in a totally new civilization. <laughs> Leaders, are you here? Through you, the Lord can institute a new covenant through you, the Lord can institute a fiery oath. But through you, bless you, the Lord can institute a new civilization. Pastor, Baba Gabriel, when he was in class one, he was about six years. He got saved. Prophet Gabriel, huh? So he was telling me, hey, my son, do you know what I did? I went around all of my village saying, whoever will pass here, who is a witch will die. Whoever will, will pass here, who is a witch will die. Whoever who is a witch who passes here will die. Whoever who is here, who is a witch who passes here will die. Whoever who is a witch. And I went around and round and round and round and round. And witches died. And people got saved. Because a class one's child decided a new civilization will begin in this village. You people, you people, you people. And he told me, when I got my scholarship now to go to West Virginia for my studies, those demons were trying to follow me. I could see some witches trying to go and follow the aircraft. But the prayers I had prayed, the declarations I declared in class one, took care of them. Some of you, there is what we call divorce, where you have come from, out of wedlock, you know, child, children, where you've come from, poverty, where you have come from, you know, uh, alcoholism, where you have come from. Oh, some of you, you have dealt with depression, where you have come from. Others have dealt with terminal diseases. You have even buried people out of terminal diseases, where you have come from. I have news for you, if you have ears to hear. Do you have ears? The God of Jacob is willing to raise you to change that narrative. <laughs> the God of Jacob is willing to raise you to change that narrative. Pastor, is this charging for leaders or it is too little for leaders? <laughs> is the charger coming through at 100 volts or 1,000 volts? <laughs> we began by covenants, right? And covenant was personal. We came to an oath, right? And an oath also was personal. Now we are also dealing with a new civilization where your children will speak a new language. Ah. Your children must speak a new language. They will not speak the language of their friends. They will not speak the language of their neighbors. 
They will not speak the language of, you know, the community where they live. They will speak a new language. If it is not your children, it will be my children. <laughs> so Jacob is told, hey, you have how many? Twelve. One. One, two, three, four, five, six, up to twelve. Good. All these twelve will speak in distinct languages. That was the civilization God brought. And it was not just the language of English, Swahili, Kikuyu. No. It was a language of purpose. Judah spoke the language of a ruler. Levi spoke the language of a priest. Oh, Kaishanda. Are you hearing me? And from that day, it was not business as usual. Every child born from Jacob came out with his own unique language. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'll show you something. Leaders, are we going to pray? The Bible says in verse, verse 4, going down, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 4, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace God, for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him, now underline the word, in all utterance, and in all knowledge, Paul is saying something. That when I look at you, and when I'm praying for you, and when I'm thinking about you, I see people who have a unique utterance. This one does not copy so and so. Every person is speaking a distinct language. Every person is going to prayer with a distinct you know, agenda, with a distinct burden. In short, Paul is saying, hey, I see the blessing of the God of Jacob on you. The God who gives language. Oh, Karanabashanda. Some of you, your children, have been given the language of music. Some of you, your children, have been given the language of economics. Others, your children, have been given the language of leadership. Others, they have been given the language of ministry. Others have been given the language of, you know, prophecy. And they will look prophetic, they will talk prophetic, they will even dress prophetic. And this is your job, leaders. You have to awaken a new civilization. Awaken new language. Awaken new utterance. Awaken new distinct, you know, conversations. Why should your children all be speaking the, the same shang their friends are speaking? Where is the distinction? In this church, by the authority given unto me by Jesus, I charge you today, go and develop a unique language of your purpose. Go and begin to thrive in the language of your purpose. If you are called to be prophetic, speak prophetically. If you are called to be an intercessor, speak like an intercessor. If you have been called to be an apostle, speak like an apostle. The God of Jacob is our God. But he's a God of language. And what is the reward of the man who will birth tribes? Do you know his reward? His reward is that he will become a living nation. <laughs> Imagine people after 100 years or 200 years, they can still say, eh, kwa Richard Kimani, pale. Because you are a nation that was planted never to be moved. 
And they look at all your sons in faith and all your sons in the flesh. They see a distinct language they spoke in their days. Oh, my Shandaroza. These are the things I want us to go as leaders. Yes, you are a deacon, but what is your language? Yes, you are an elder, but what is your language? Is it shaking this generation? Is it shaking the heavens? Because when Judah spoke, it was equal to God himself speaking. When Levi spoke, it was equal to God himself speaking. When Reuben spoke, it was equal to God himself speaking. I love it, Pastor, when I read these books of this prominent man. And without even looking at the title, I know, ah, this is Miles Monroe. This is Monroe. This is Bill Johnson. Ah, this is Johnson. Oh, this is Joyner. Men who have their language. You know what they are saying before reading their names. May that be the portion of your children. This week is going to be fire, is it? This week is going to be fire, is it? We are, <laughs> we are speaking to the DNA of our seed. Decreeing covenants and oaths. Oh, Shanda. I wish I could get personal right now. Now, <laughs> Jacob has a what? Has a covenant. No, he it, it, it does not have a covenant. He has what you call an everlasting covenant. Why do we call it everlasting? Because others also had an almost similar appearance, but they did not last. When Jacob is being birthed as a nation, other nations are already there, but they did not last. Are you hearing me? When his sons are being birthed as tribes, other tribes like the Etites and the Tites and the Wattite and the Jebusite and the Wattite and Wattite, all of them were just tight. Okay? All these tights were there, but they did not last. I decree in the name of Jesus, whatever the establishment God is doing in your life and in the life of your children, it shall last. The language is given them, it shall last. The honor is giving them, it shall last. The identity is giving them, it shall last. Because in our civilization, we are taking what will last. Even the child is saying amen. Hallelujah. So the people have received a covenant which is everlasting. It is a covenant of a new civilization. And this week I want you people to do something. Approve every demonic civilization. Approve every demonic language. At a rainbow, LGB, whatever. Those are demonic language. Approach them. And refuse to see even a trace of them next to your children. As the Hittites and the Evites and the Jebusites were overthrown, overthrow all those demonic languages. Will you do that? <laughs> and pastor, by your authority, when, you, when the people assemble, overthrow all these languages from ever coming near this nation. We don't hate sinners. We hate sin. And we shall call sin, sin. And we shall overthrow it. And every demon behind every sin, we shall overthrow. Hallelujah. Jacob has an everlasting covenant. When he met God, he became a nation. His children became what? 
His children become what? Tribes. And to thee will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance. I'm sorry to tell you this. And I say it with all trembling in my heart. Many of you are living according to daily or weekly or monthly provision. Few of you are living from the place of covenant, of inheritance. I repeat, many of you are living by weekly or daily or monthly provision. Few of you are living by inheritance. Do you know an inheritance? An inheritance is meant, according to this scripture, to last you and your children and your children's children. After that, now the others can now plan and get another one to last them another gen four generations. <laughs> when God raised David to be king, after him came Solomon, then Rehoboam. After Rehoboam was the son of Rehoboam. After the son of Rehoboam was another son of Rehoboam. All these were weak people, but they did not get extinguished because they had an inheritance. When the Lord called me, he told me, my son, you shall either minister from preparation or you shall minister from abundance. And I told him, Lord, how do I minister from abundance? He told me, seek me and I will show you how to tap the inheritance hidden for the saints. And this is what he showed me. Can I share with you? Can I share with you? Now that you are elders and deacons. This is what he told me. He told me, everywhere I send you, I already know their need. I already know their issues. I already know their cries. Pray that you will be the answer to those needs and stop your calculations. When I went in this morning, God knows in heaven, I didn't know what I'm going to say. But the Lord reminded me, is it inheritance that you are going to preach out of or are you going to preach out of preparation? I told him, Lord, I will preach out of inheritance. Then tell me to give you what was the thing I wanted for today. people, there is provision, then there is inheritance. Inheritance can never be squandered by one generation. Neither can it be squandered by one man. Are you understanding these things? One man is taking and taking and taking and the fund that was laid up by the father is not coming to an end. Another must squat and scratch and bleed and plead not knowing that someone bigger, someone smarter, someone wiser already made a big bounty and all he needed was for him to access it. Jesus, open our eyes. Open our eyes, Lord. Are you aware, allow me to mention you again, Pastor. Are you aware that in this church, there is an angel with a book of every man who will ever get saved in this ministry? Every man who will ever be healed in this ministry. 
Every man who will ever receive any kind of help and any kind of blessing in this ministry, all you have to do is say, Lord, we are here to give what was the deal for the day. <laughs> According to what is written, we come to do your will. Is it not there in the Bible? We come only to do what is written. What is this that is written? It is the will that was given for your inheritance. What are we going to do from today? As we minister, we minister from inheritance. As we pay our bills, we pay it from inheritance. As we make our plans, we make it from inheritance. Oh, some people are not believing. As we are fasting, we are fasting from inheritance. As we are making declaration, we are making it from inheritance. But <laughs> this thing was already there waiting for me to go and scoop it. This thing was already planned. I'm just going to arrest it and bring it home. Oh, Lamb of God, open our eyes. I know of people sweating and scratching themselves and talking with consultants how their children will go through school. People, men and women of your caliber should educate their children from inheritance. There was a package that was released before they were born. Go and address that package and see it manifest. Ah. Paul talks about the riches hidden in the saints. These riches are hidden. You only have to go and scoop them out of their hidden places and see them manifest. Next week, there are demons the Lord had lined up for me to cast. My job is just to say, Lord, how many were they? According to the number written, I come, I'm casting them out. Next month, there are specific people. The Lord has ordained these ones. I wrote down that you should be used to heal them. My job is just to say, Lord, how many were they? According to the number, nothing less, nothing more. I come, heal them. That is how to operate from sonship. And as leaders, we have to operate from sonship. The agenda that was to be done through deacons in this church, Lord, what was it? According to what is written, in my name, I come to do it. According to the assignment written in my name, I come to do it. So that you don't wait to be pushed and to be reminded. You are conscious of your inheritance. Two weeks ago, there was a, a deliverance service we did here with some ministers. I won't give you all details, but what, this, this was part of it. The lady, as we did deliverance, I saw a huge box buried deep, 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 far away. And the Lord told me to command the demon to retract it. And the demon refused, and we fought for like 15 minutes. Finally, the demon accepted to remove the box from where it was hidden. And the box was, you know, full of soil and full of demonic, you know, demonic covering. I commanded the demon, I want that box, bring it here. 
And as I'm commanding this box to be brought, there was the health of the lady tied to the box. There was the wealth of the lady tied to the box. There was the future of the lady's children tied to the box. And as I commanded the box to be brought, suddenly the Lord reminded me, this is the box that contained the inheritance of this family, the spiritual inheritance. Without this box being, you know, recovered, these people can work hard and still will become nothing. These people will work hard and still achieve nothing. There is an inheritance for you, for your children. There is an inheritance for your ministry. There is a key full, you know, leading to the treasure by which you shall do ministry. This is the week to say, Lord, I unlock it. Not just for me, but for my assignment. Not just for my assignment, but for our local church. Paul says this, and I quote this with the trembling. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. This giving of growth happened in the unseen. This unseen place where the growth took place, it is our place of inheritance. Aliso, there was a name God had already ordained your children shall carry. It is part of it. It is part of a given inheritance. What do you do? You stand and say, this is the name you shall carry. This is the honor you shall carry. This is the covering you shall carry. Nothing less. And you close the chapter. There's a lady who we're also ministering to this week. And she told us, our, my parents used to tell me, hey, hey, the gifts of God are without repentance. You are called. Whether you go where you are called. Oh, go, go, go. Even the mother was telling me today. I told her, you can go anywhere. You still come back to your place of calling. What was going on? The parents knew the inheritance. And the child was tied to it. The child tried to run away from it. The child could not run for long. So what was happening when we were praying? The child was begging God to restore her to the place of her calling. And begging God to allow her, even right away, to go and begin serving in the ministry. Leaders, put the standard of the inheritance. And let the children toe the line. I met a lady, pastor, two or six, when I was a missionary pastor. She was one of the washirikas in the church where I was. And this lady had just gotten pregnant, and she was still in high school. And she wanted to abort. I convinced her, no, don't abort, don't abort. She told me, but how will the child eat? I said, this one, before he was conceived, there was already a package on how he will feed, how he will go to school, which clothes he will wear. Your job, just bring him forth. Thank God the lady accepted. I was told, I think, was it early this year, that the boy was now the top performer in that county. What was going on? This is what was going on. You know, 206, 2019, that boy is already 13, right? So by the time he sat for his exam, he was the top performer. And what was going on? What was going on? There was a covenant this parent needed to know. It was an inheritance. 
You know, some of you are praying very desperate prayers. You are praying very, very frustrated prayers. You forget the authority you have been given is not a vague authority. It is a living authority. It is a legal authority. <laughs> but allow me to give you perspective. The greatest inheritance you can ever have according to Jesus, is the kingdom of God. Paul says now in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10, those who shall do this shall not inherit the kingdom. There is an inheritance called the kingdom. Spiritually, there is a kingdom. And do you know it is even within our power to determine that some will inherit it, whether they like it or not. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm stepping on your religion. Timothy, I thank God. What do I thank God for? You had a grandmother called Eunice and a mother called Lois. They had a faith in them. That faith is now in you. Oh, poor Timothy, you have the faith. <laughs> the grandmother passed over to her, son, her daughter. The daughter passed over to the son. Timothy had no otherwise but to become a bishop as young as he was. Oh, Timothy, are you there? Timothy, Timothy. <laughs> but this faith was an inheritance. It was a generational inheritance. By the grace of God, along the way, you should see a replica of the hope that is in you, in your seat. You should see a replica, but it's a greater replica in your seat. And all we have to do, we are activating it this coming week. Finally. Finally. The Bible says here, and confirm the same unto Jacob for a law. A law we said is a what? Is a civilization. And to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Meaning, meaning there are those covenants which are passing, but there are those which are everlasting. There are those civilizations which are passing. There are those which are lasting. Ours is a lasting one. You know, the Lord was reminding me in the morning, Pastor. Herod the king was such an architect. He designed great things, great cities. Same thing to Caesar. Same thing to all these rulers who lived during the days of Paul. But today you have to go with a microscope to see what was this Herod did? Then you have to deduce it scientifically by faith to believe it was from Herod. What about the scriptures Paul wrote? Even drunkards will quote them. Are you hearing me? The greatest thing the man without covenant will do will be but a fleeting thing after a while. But the little people can do, even from prison in the name of the Lord, will stand forever. And confirm the same unto Jacob for a law unto Israel for an everlasting covenant. Saying unto thee, will I give the land of Canaan, the Lord for your what? Your inheritance. When there were about few in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, Touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. 
finally. And I say this, I don't know whether to kneel down or what. Let me kneel down. Or let me stand. Let me kneel down. Let me kneel down as I say this. You people, if you want God to rebuke kings for your children, if you want God to rebuke nations for your children, if you want God to rebuke powers of the air and powers of the earth and powers of other waters for your children, because it can be done. If you want God to rebuke them, if you want God to forbid them, if you want God to threaten them, like he, tre he threatened the likes of Abimelech in sleep, if you want God to tell them, dare you, if you want God to, you know, stand when you are asleep and to be working while you are not working. I say this kneeling down and I beg you, take your covenant seriously. Take the oath the Lord has made with you seriously. Take the law he has instituted over you seriously. Take the everlasting covenant he has given you on a silver platter through Christ Jesus seriously. I beg you people, take your inheritance seriously. What joy does a father have when he has worked so hard and laid up treasure and his children are not taking that treasure and living by it? After this, the Lord will begin to lift some of you. You'll go to new industries. You'll go even to new nations. You'll go to new levels. You'll go to new territories. And this is the assurance I kneel down as I prophesy over you. I give you the assurance as you keep the covenant. I give you the assurance as you keep the oath. I give you the assurance as you keep to the law that the Lord has made with you. As you keep to the everlasting covenant. As you live by inheritance, not by, you know, cunningness. The Lord will rebuke kings for you. The Lord will rebuke those evil kings for you. The Lord will rebuke them for your children. The Lord will rebuke them. The Lord will stop them. The Lord will even overthrow them. So tonight, Lord, we are the generation who will watch kings rebuked or abandoned. We are the generation who will watch kings overthrown. We are the generation who will watch nations being turned upside down, even because we have carried your covenant. We are the generation, oh Lord, Santa. We are the generation, oh Lord, who shall watch the wicked come to nothing because of our sake. We are the generation, oh Lord, who shall watch even my God, the satanists come on their knees for our sake. We are the generation who shall watch our children being defended? Mashanda. We are the generation who shall watch a thousand fall on our side, ten thousand at our right hand, and it will not come near us because we have kept your covenant. We are the generation who shall watch my father as the fetters of the king are broken in pieces. We are the generation who shall watch as prison doors are being flattened down. We are the generation who shall watch that coming upon Egypt 
and light coming upon Goshen. We are the generation who shall watch famine, killing the ungodly, and yet the glory of God, preserving the godly. We are the generation. By your covenant, O Lord. By your covenant, O Lord. By the covenant of faith. By the covenant of faith. By the oath of surrender. By the oath of surrender. By the civilization of brokenness. We are taking over. We are taking new territories. Because now we are faith. We no longer doubt our God. We no longer doubt our God. When he speaks, we say yes. When he speaks, we say yes. When he speaks, we say yes. Oh, Any Pharaoh who will plan to put your son or your daughter in bondage, may the God of Israel go ahead and cut him to pieces. Any entity that will be used to subvert the will of God in your life, to subvert the ministry God has called you to do, may the Lord Jesus go and overthrow it. There is judgment because every covenant must be enforced. And many times we enforce covenants by judgment. Tonight in the name of Jesus, I decree judgment on every entity that is blocking the whole, the manifestation of the covenant of God in your life. I decree judgment, speedy judgment, speedy judgment, judgment over poverty, judgment over witchcraft, judgment over Jezebel, judgment over every kind of intimidation, judgment over confusion, judgment over limitation, judgment over fear, judgment in the name of Jesus. This house will be a house of judgment. Men shall carry authority. And when they say enough of this, it will be enough. And tonight we decree enough of alcoholism in our nation. Enough of alcoholism in our nation. Enough of perversion in our nation. Enough in the name of Jesus. We are the covenant keepers. We are the oath carriers. We are the everlasting covenant keepers. We are the men and women of inheritance. By us, the Lord wants to show how rich he is. By us, the Lord wants to show how mighty he is. For the sake of the call on our lives, there is judgment. Angels, we command you, go and execute judgment. Any power that has buried your inheritance, we send judgment tonight. Any contrary oath that has vowed you shall never be this or you shall never be that. We send judgment to overthrow it in the name of Jesus. And I comfort you by the power of the Holy Spirit by telling you these people. Dangerous are the people who carry oaths of our God. Indispensable are those people God has chosen to reveal his covenant to. And tonight I decree, may the covenant of the Lord Jesus be revealed on you and on your seed forever. May the oath of the Lord Jesus, the one he made with Isaac, may he make it with you and with your seed forever. May the law that he put on Jacob, the law of being a nation, the law of being an institution, may it come on you and on your seed forever. May the everlasting covenant that he made with the children of Israel to make them a peculiar people, a holy nation unto himself, 
May that come on you and on your seed forever. And may the inheritance that you are called to drink from, that you are called to eat from, that you are called to pray from, that you are called to plan from, that you are called to thrive from, that you are called to manifest, may that inheritance be loosed. No king, no soldier goes to war at his own coast. From tonight I decree, your costs have been taken over. By the inheritance of the one who has called you, your costs have been taken over. And as you leave from this house tonight, may this be the end of you taking care of yourself. May the one who has called you take care of the bills. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor.